Welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. I am Josh, and once again, my co-host Alex is back for the the Giants talk, the NFL Combine talk. Uh, here's a recap of the NFL Combine, and also later in the episode for you, we have a very special uh, first round mock draft post Combine. You know, using everything, all the statistics we know now, and all the drills we've seen now, how players can go on draft boards. They can go higher, they can go lower uh, than what they were uh, before this combine. So with that, I already addressed him. Alex, my co-host, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm excited to get into it. It's been fun few days watching the combine. I'm generally one of those people who's not super big into the combine, like in terms of how it influences how I see things. But then when you see players like a big Jordan Davis running a 478 or whatever the hell he did, which is just nuts, uh, then, you know, that certainly raises an eyebrow. So uh, this is a great combine. I enjoyed it, and I'm excited to talk about it in a bit. But we got a few giant stuff or giant specific news stuff to talk about first. Yeah, we do. And uh, just before I go to that, you talk about it, even a lot of wide receivers getting that under 4-4 number. I think they set the record for most like players or most wide receivers who got under a 4-4 40-yard dash. And um, I think that was set by the draft class in 2019, the top guys, wide receivers at least, from that draft class being DK Metcalf and Terry McLaurin. Uh, so congrats to the wide receivers in this draft class. Uh, it was a fun combine to watch, honestly. I'm not saying combine, the combine isn't fun to watch. It is. Uh, but just another one on the list to add there. And uh, it, yeah, it was a super cool event. And um, I posted on Twitter on the Giant Take pod, uh, you know, Twitter. You should go follow it. I posted a NFL, you know, draft, NFL scouting combine over. NFL draft talk continues um, because it's true. I mean, it's not like your draft coverage ever some people may, maybe didn't start their draft coverage. Obviously, we did uh, before the combine. But if it if you didn't start it, you're doing it now. Probably you're starting it. And if you already started it, you're just going to continue with the with the stats and everything you got uh, from the combine and just continue to talk about it. Okay, let me go to the Giants now because I'm rambling on a little bit here. Uh, we have some news from ESPN reporter Jordan Ronan saying the New York Giants plan to do something with the contracts of cornerback James Bradbury. Maybe a possible trade. Wide receiver Sterling Shepard, which a few days ago we heard that the Giants offered, or uh, I think it was offered, right? Sterling Shepard to take a pay cut <clears throat> to stay with the team. Uh, so we already kind of knew this, but he put him on the list. And linebacker Blake Martinez. All on the list of moves to get financially healthy for the start of the 2022 new league year. All still to be determined exactly what the moves may be. So I would say it's going to be a Sterling Shepard pay cut. This is my prediction. Sterling Shepard pay cut. I think he takes a pay cut. Blake Martinez, honestly, the Giants will offer him a pay cut. I think he should take it only because if he gets traded to, or, you know, I don't think many teams are going to want him uh, after an injury, an injured season. I know he led the Giants in tackles, but I think he knows best. And that if he like does very well, he's going to get a lot of money coming his way in a couple of years. So I think he takes a pay cut as well. And he, the thing is, though, he needs to take a significant pay cut in order for the Giants to not list him as a trade option. So that's a big deal. And then Bradbury, I do think the Giants look to, to trade him, at least. I don't know if they will, but uh, from what it seems to Ian Rappaport is that um, he will catch him interest from other teams, which he should. 
And we were seeing, we were hearing or reading whatever it is during the combine, Alex, that it was Saquon Barkley's value, you know, in quotes was a fourth round pick while Bradbury was a third round pick, something like that. Those were the uh, Rappaport tweets that we read uh, at that time period. Yeah, I think if you can get a late second, early third for James Bradbury, I think you're sitting pretty. I I think, unfortunately, I love James Bradbury. He's not going to be one of those guys who's going to want to take a pay cut, though. Because he knows he has he has a market, right? He's not he's not Sterling Shepard or some other players that don't really have a market elsewhere. James Bradbury is still a top fifteen corner in the NFL, and there's markets for that. There's teams that are corner needy, uh, as I mentioned later in the mock draft at the end of the episode. There's there's teams that need corners, and there's teams that have cap room, and teams that will pay James Bradbury handsomely. So I don't think I think your best option is to trade him. If you're going to get rid of him, right, trade him or restructure. I know Joe Shane said he doesn't want to restructure, but I think James Bradbury could be the exception to this. I wouldn't mind giving him a one, maybe two-year extension, restructuring the contract, saving yourself some room down the line. Uh, that's kind of my opinion on James Bradbury. So it's for me, it's restructure or trade. Uh, I really wouldn't like cutting him. Uh, I just think you're losing too much value there. Sterling Shepard, Blake Martinez, I think you want to, uh, restructure, hopefully. Uh, I mean, not restructure. I want, I hope, well, maybe restructure pay cut really is what I'm trying to say, uh, for those two guys. And you put in here, uh, the doc Dexter Lawrence, 10.8 fifth year option. Is that a yes or is that a no? What will the giants do? I honestly think they're, they're looking at fifth year options. I don't think they'll pick up Daniel Jones. They're gonna, they're gonna have to think about both of these guys, Dexter Lawrence and Daniel Jones. And they got time to DeAndre Baker. <laughs> Cause he's in the same yes, draft class. It's the joke. Obviously he's not getting fifth year uh, options, but. <laughs> oh, what a waste of a pick. Anyway, anyway, the onto a little lighter note. Uh, Dexter Lawrence and Daniel Jones, the Giants have till May to think about this. I think I talked about this in a video on the Giant Take podcast YouTube channel with Daniel Jones. They got some stuff to worry about before then. They got to make sure, you know, Joe Shane and his front office have to make sure the cap is in a good situation or at least an acceptable situation before the draft that they can draft players and then sign them to contracts after. We don't want the Giants drafting a fourth round player and then being like, hey, we actually don't have enough money to sign you. So we're just going to, you're going to be like a a free agent. (laughs) So they have to make sure they put it in a cap friendly place where we can sign these guys after we draft them and whatever round we pick them in or, you know, have the money to sign undrafted free agents. You might think, oh yeah, it's not that much. But when you're signing, you know, multiple guys, you're signing, you know, you, you, you make whatever it is for the Giants. What is it? Seven draft picks. And then you pick up three guys that are nine, nine draft picks. Nine this year. And you you pick up three guys that are undrafted free agents, then you got you got a lot of guys to pay. So it's not that much per player, but you know you you gotta you gotta pick up all those uh, you gotta offer contracts to all of those guys, and um, that's a big deal. So they gotta put themselves in a cap friendly situation. When I'm looking at going back to Dexter Lawrence here, ten point eight million dollars for his fifth year option. When I heard that number, I looked directly to see what are some other guys, similar position, similar value doing. So for around 10 to 11 million, these are the guys who are getting paid in that range. Eddie Goldman of the Chicago Bears, Dalvin Tomlinson, former Giant, Grover Stewart of the Colts, and Jordan Phillips of the Cardinals. Those guys are all ranging from about 10 million to about 11 million. So when I look at that, 
I'd say, yeah, why not pay him? That that if that's the market, keep him for another year. Maybe, you know, I'm hoping he takes another step up. He took a step up this year. People aren't talking about that because we really had a terrible season, but you know, Dexter Lawrence took a step up this season. Uh, and if he can take another step up next season, really start maybe rushing the passer a bit, then he might have some value. Uh, cause if you look at guys like Jordan Phillips, Grover Stewart, those guys are run stuffers too, but they're getting paid 10, 10, five, uh, as well. So I, I see a lot of people on giants, Twitter, they're against it. I'm all for it. Uh, it's not like we're tight in cap next year either. And Joe Shane said it, right? We want to start re-signing the players we draft. Uh, I think Dexter Lawrence is, it's one of those pieces that's a nice piece. Uh, I don't think he's a critical piece, but especially after losing Tomlinson, I don't think we can afford to lose him. What I was just, before I went off on my little rant there, um, which happens from time to time, as Alex knows, uh, was I, I was just going to say that they need to offer these fifth-year options if they're going to in May. Joe Shannon's front office has a lot to worry about before then. Getting the cap in a good situation, signing or, you know, cutting people or, or signing for agents. And uh, the draft, the NFL draft, you know, the thing that they went to the combine for, right, to, to look at players, to hopefully draft them, right? That's a big deal. Um, so we they got stuff to worry about. We can worry about those fifth-year options at a later date uh, in a couple months. So that's something uh, to note on there. And then, Alex, I know you said step up Dexter Lawrence. Was it a significant step up, though? It wasn't. That That's something you got to address. It was a step up, yes. You hope players progress as they get into their careers, right, until they get to the later years of their career. But it wasn't significant. And for that, is he worth 10.8 mil? From the other guys you read on that list at the same position, maybe if they if they don't give Daniel Jones a fifth-year option, I think, yeah, definitely give Dexter Lawrence a fifth-year option. I think it's worth it at that point. We have Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, some players talked about in their press conferences in the, you know during the scouting combine that they met with the Giants. Uh, Thibodeau had some nice remarks and you know was kind of kind of talking about the the big scene in New York and what the Giants were asking him about uh, with his interview or at his interview with the New York Giants. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I've talked to the Giants. We had a great interview. They were kind of on me, you know. They they were giving me a hard time, but you know, I feel like there was like that Big Brother moment where they give you a hard time, a hard time because they really they're interested in you and they like you. So for me, you know, just just showing them that you know I'm really a guy. I grew up in a big city, so a big city is nothing new to me, right? Well, I mean, just give me a hard time, you know, like select, like when you bring up, you know, what's going to happen if, if I'm not the star, you know, coming in five games in if I don't have a sack. This is one thing we talked about. And, you know, the media is going to be down to me. You know, everybody's going to be, I'm going to be in the doghouse. You know, how am I going to hold that? And I, and I let them know, like, I've been in the media since I was a sophomore in high school, you know. So I've been trained for this my whole life. And I know that most of it is entertainment, right? So I'm not really worried because whatever happens between the four walls of, of the team and the organization is what's going to dictate the future. And if I have five bad games, we're going to focus on that next week on how we're going to you know dominate the team you know that's next all right let's talk about the nfl scouting combine here we can go through the players that not really they didn't work out but or or they like literally didn't work out uh, at the combine i'm just reading it as it says here uh we had tyler linderbaum he didn't work out at the combine same thing with matt corral due to an injury and then malik willis he threw but didn't run now, I don't know because Desmond Ritter's 4-5 was very, very impressive. But if Willis ran, I still think he would be the fastest quarterback in this draft class who ran at that NFL scouting combine. And then Evan Neal, I think his presence just being there, uh, you know, rose his stock on the list. You've seen him in a lot of mock drafts now going number one, if not in the top three. But he didn't do most of the drills uh, or run the 40, I think. So, again, 
just he didn't work out uh, in this draft. Let's go to some positives now. Let's go to the players that stood out. Well, QBs, Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, two guys I just mentioned. Malik Willis's and Desmond Ritter's deep ball, tremendous. Great arm for both of them. We knew this already in tape. And I think what Charles Davis was mentioning uh, in the NFL Combine, I think it was him or one of the NFL Network guys were saying, here's what the Combine is for. We watch all these guys on tape. Maybe it was Daniel Jeremiah, actually. But he was saying, we watch all these guys on tape. The Combine is just confirming that what they do on tape is, you know, is is what they can do. And I think Desmond Ritter and Malik Willis did that. They We saw it on tape that they had a good deep ball. They just confirmed with us that they can throw very, very deep in front of a bunch of NFL uh, scouts. So good for them. So those are the top QBs that uh, that I definitely saw. Yeah, like you mentioned, Willis Ritter definitely boosted their stock. I thought Kenny Pickett didn't really boost it or hurt it uh, necessarily. He had an average time. At the combine, EJ Perry, quarterback out of Brown, definitely boosted his stock. Probably was a borderline sixth, seventh round pick. Maybe boosts himself up to a third, fourth, fifth round pick, possibly. So, you know, got to show some love for the later round guys as well who boosted their stock. Wide receivers, uh, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, uh, Sky Moore, Christian Watson. Those are some guys that stood out. Christian Watson did amazing. He's 6'4". He ran... I believe in the four threes, uh, you know, he's did great in the vertical, great on the broad jump. Sky Moore, blistering fast, 40, uh, and also had a very good day in terms of the drills. Those two guys kind of more under the radar. And then Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, the two Ohio State guys certainly did well in the drills. Both ran 439 40s, or I believe it was 438 and 439 respectively. Uh, and both definitely solidified themselves as, you know, first round caliber players as well. So uh, those two guys definitely boosted their stock as well as Moore and Watson. So it was good to see them. We didn't see certain receivers. Obviously, Jamison Williams was not because he tore his ACL in the national championship. So there were certain receivers that we didn't get to see, unfortunately. Uh, So that wasn't uh, the best. That was a bit unfortunate. I'm kind of combined this with the tight ends. Trey McBride, Greg, uh, Greg Dulcich, uh, both look very good. And the tight end out of Virginia, Tech, or was it Virginia? Maybe it was out of Virginia, 6'7". He ran like 4'6-something. He looked really good in drills, too. I I forgot his name. When Josh is done, I'll mention it. Yeah, I I, I think Drake Dulcich really stood out to me from UCLA. Um, I thought he was really good in drills. He was really good blocking. Trey McBride, same thing. So, But we knew this already. Again, they're just confirming. On to the offensive lineman. I'm sure Alex will have a say about this. Uh, we had Trevor Penning, probably the guy who who went up the list the highest. Then you got Ike Mokwanu, who, again, we already knew this guy was a top five, top 10 pick in the NFL draft, just confirming with the scouts saying, yep, I can do this. And then you have Charles Cross, again, another guy from Alabama, right? Cross, um, we know. Mississippi State. We know. Evan Neal's from Alabama. <laughs> we know how, I'm, I'm just moving right along, just to ignore that completely. Charles Cross out of Mississippi State. We know how good he is. Uh, another top 10 talent just confirming with us that he had that he is that good and then am I, am I able to do my Brees Hall little talk or you have that tight end's name you can just want tight end Jelani Woods out of Virginia very good impressive performance definitely someone you could see raising his draft stock as well impressive 40 time all right now I'll do it Iowa State Brees Hall it's a very good running back I'm just gonna leave it at that I really like him I you know it, Whoever, whatever team takes him, as long as it's not like an NFC East rival, 
I'm going to root for that team there uh, with, with Brees Hall in the backfield. I don't know why, but ever since I started watching tape on him and we did the top running backs in the NFL draft video, he's caught my eye. I haven't looked back since. Josh has been gushing about this guy for about two months now. No, that It's been like a month, excuse me, and he's just, he's very good. A month and a half. Also, Kyron Williams, the guy who Alex forced us to put in the top running backs list, was one of the worst running backs at this combine. I think he had one of the worst running back 40 times, if I'm not mistaken, or the other drills yes. he failed. And um, just, I'm sorry, I had to shout that out. Uh, <laughs> he did not fail. He had a bad 40 time. He did not have a great combine, um, but I think his tape speaks for itself. It does. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Defensive tackle, or D, you know, actually, you want to do defensive tackles, Alex? Because I did running backs, but I. Yes, I'll, I'll talk about D tackles. Jordan Davis, obviously, just, I, I don't even know what to say. A 340 pound man running at 4.78 ridiculous it's just ridiculous what that man did uh and i think he i wouldn't necessarily say he boosted his draft stock because i think we all kind of knew he was a beast but uh, you know i think it certainly helped i think he could borderline be a top 10 pick i don't think there's any teams in the top 10 that necessarily need a nose tackle and that would be the problem and also i think it's just a bit too high to take a nose tackle in terms of positional value um Devontae wyatt he kind of got overshadowed by Jordan Davis, but I thought he had a great combine too. He had a great senior bowl. Uh, Devontae Wyatt is a player that I really, really like. I think he's extremely underrated, kind of like Trayvon Walker was, uh, who we'll get to in a minute. But, you know, Trayvon Walker was very much under the radar until the combine because that Georgia defense, you got so many great players, you kind of get hidden uh, sometimes if you're if you're more doing the dirty work. And Devontae Wyatt is just a very, very efficient player whether that be in the run game, rushing the passer, et cetera. Another player I really, really like. Um, he did really well. And Travis Jones, uh, the senior bowl standout from UConn, also had a very solid day. I just realized uh, Trevor Penning at the senior bowl is really good too, right? Wasn't he also like pushing guys to the ground or was that another offensive tackle? Yeah, Tre- Trevor Penning won the senior bowl. He was probably the biggest winner uh, was, out of everyone. But I was, and I think. Sorry, go ahead. And I was saying he had a great combine as well. He, but I, he was the offensive tackle that was getting into fights with like the edge rushers, like literally shoving them into the ground, right? Or was that another? Yes, off- yes, that was him. Yeah. Yes, that was Penning. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's a nasty guy. His physicality. I'm sure, though. he's lovely, but on the field, he's nasty. Yeah, well, like that's what you want to see out of your offensive tackle, though. Like that's that's physicality, toughness. It's checking all the boxes um, for those teams that need an offensive tackle, aka the New York Giants. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, but then we move on to Edge. Trayvon Walker in Hutchinson. I don't know if you mentioned those guys already. Again, I would say Trayvon Walker lifted where he... Uh, he was already high up first round talent, but I feel like he just cemented himself there. I think we all knew about in Hutchinson. He's been like the top edge since the beginning, uh, since, since before the senior bowl, I would say. So... What I would say about Hutchinson is he had that 6.73 three-cone time, and a lot of people are questioning his athleticism, Mm. his bend. Is it good enough? Does he have the upside? He blew everyone away, Uh, and he had, I believe it was the record for the quickest three-cone ever by an edge, so truly impressive by Aiden Hutchinson. I think he solidified himself as a top-two pick. No, I agree with you, Alex. And then linebacker, we didn't really have like a one standout guy. There wasn't anything that caught my mind specifically. Uh, I don't think there was anyone for you as well. 
So then we can just go to the cornerbacks. Sauce Gardner. I I really like this guy. Well, because of his first name, obviously. It was saucy. Uh, it was I know. Saucy. You have to make the joke. But also his tape, too, does stand out. Um, and Roger McCreary, who I didn't think of like specifically. I don't know if you pulled that name out, Alex. But Sauce Gardner definitely stands out to me. A cornerback, maybe that could be for the Giants if they happen. I think 5-7 and seven is a little too early for him. But I would say, no, you don't think so. I think it's for Sauce Gardner. Yeah. I think I think five. I early. think Sauce Gardner maybe goes seven. I think he could. Go, I think he can go as early as three. I think he he's that good. I think Sauce Gardner is a, a damn good football player. But I do I, have concern. Uh, I think the only concern with him was his athletic ability, and he proved it at the combine. So <laughs> I think seven is a good. We also good thought value Kyle Hamilton can go number one, but after his forty time, he could go twenty seven now. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, he's not. No, that's a complete joke. Kyle Hamilton is still an absolute beast, whether you like it or not. Guys, one of the most insane prospects in this draft class overall. Doesn't matter what position you're talking about. A forty time is it going to change that? Yeah, and Roger McCreary, a corner out of Auburn. Uh, only reason I mentioned him because a lot of people are saying he was going to run in like the four sixes for almost some people. I heard someone say he was going to run in the four sevens because you know a lot. Another guy like Sauce Gardner, who people are like he's not really athletic enough. He ran, I believe, in the high four fours. So not as impressive as Sauce Gardner, but still another guy who rose his stock, proved that he was going to be able to keep up with some of these NFL receivers. So uh, you know, good for him. And he's another guy who I think slowly boosting his stock. And I think he's a mid first round guy now. And you could just go to the final safety position. That's yeah. fine. Safety, oh, we're not doing special teams? Of- what, what's going on? <laughs> I mean, I will mention actually, <laughs> teams, but uh, Lewis seen on that Georgia defense, uh, he really showed out. I believe he ran four, four ish uh, in this at the combine. He looked great in the drills. And I think he's starting to solidify himself as the number two behind Kyle Hamilton. Uh, obviously, like you mentioned, Kyle Hamilton, 4.59, 40, a bit disappointing. Did well in the other drills, though, uh, and I don't think it really hurts his stock too much. He's one of those guys you just look at the tape, kind of like uh, even if Hutchinson didn't perform well, it's kind of like you just look at the tape. Uh, it, he, he's good enough. Oh, Lewis Seen had a 4.38 40-yard dash. Yeah, he was quick. And... uh Special teams, punter, Matariza hit that 80-yard bomb. Could he be the highest Riley punter Dixon. ever taken? I believe the record. Riley Dixon. The record is third round. I Get think here. I have a prediction here. He He's going to be taken fourth round, Matariza. My prediction. Hey, Holes. New England Patriots are always looking for a special teamer in those early rounds. We know how it is, right? They're taking kickers in the fifth round. Didn't they, didn't they take that kicker in the fifth round a year or two ago, and then they cut him? No, bang, Bengals did. Oh, oh, about the... Oh, the other yeah, guy the I know who you're talking did. about. I forget what they took like a they took like a kicker in the was. fifth round, and then they cut him. He's not their kicker though. No, they Nick cut Hulk him now. So. They cut him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bill Bill see listen, Joe Judge influence. Bill Belich. Oh yeah, and Joe Judge is there too. They're gonna. They might. They might be the one choosing here, the kick. The the punter. Here, here's what I was saying. Uh, I saw someone mention this on Twitter. If Joe Judge and Dave Gettleman were still here for this draft class at five, we're drafting Jordan Davis because big hog Molly. Uh-huh. You know. Dave loves that. And that seven were punt were drafting Matariza because the the sh- field position switch, bro, it's off the charts. You don't even understand. All right. So with that, that's gonna be our uh talk of the NFL Combine standouts. And with that, um I th- I think I'm gonna I'm gonna let you send it to uh Alex's NFL mock draft post 
uh, NFL scouting combine. But before that, a few plugs to get in here. You can follow uh, at the Giant Take Pod on Twitter and TikTok, the Giant Take Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Alex on Twitter at Inorian23. I'm on Twitter at Joshola29. Subscribe anywhere you listen. And also look up chipstudios.com slash giant take to find out anywhere to listen or watch the podcast. But it's not over yet. Alex's mock draft coming up right now. All right. So first overall going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I'm going to have Evan Neal, offensive tackle, Alabama, uh, mock to them as the first overall pick. There's certainly an argument to be made. Aquanu is an argument to be made. My personal favorite tackle in this class, Charles Cross, is another uh, person you could possibly say to go number one overall. You know, Hutchinson, Thibodeau. You could even make a case for Kyle Hamilton to go number one overall. But with Trevor Lawrence, you got to protect him. Uh, and I think that really brings it down to one of the three tackles. Evan Neal is the best in the run and pass game. He's the most balanced tackle. He's the highest upside uh, and I think the Jacksonville Jaguars would go his way uh, as of right now uh, when they're up on the clock at number one overall. That's who I have the Jacksonville Jaguars selecting. Number two overall, I have the Lions selecting edge Aiden Hutchinson uh, out of Michigan. He had a great combine, uh, super fast three cone, which is extremely important for uh, an edge rusher. And he you know, is already mocked kind of go one, two. Uh, I think he goes two here to the Detroit Lions and they get themselves a top, top tier pass rusher. Uh, And I think he is at this point pretty clearly uh, the number one pass rusher in the class. You could argue he doesn't have the highest upside because of, you know, his lesser athleticism. But I think he pretty much put those athleticism concerns to bed at the combine. Uh, And I think that's really what he needed to prove. And I think he did that at the combine for sure. And he's the first edge off the board, number two overall to the Lions. Number three overall, we got safety Kyle Hamilton. Did excellent at the combine besides his 40 where he ran a 4-5-9, I believe. But besides that, in the drills, in the vert, in the broad jump, he was excellent for sure uh, for a 6-4 guy, 220. I think when you're the Texans, I look at the Texans team, you need everything. Uh, So why not take best player available at this point? Uh, and I think the best player available, the best player in this draft is Kyle Hamilton. You get good value here at three. Uh, in my opinion, there's the positional value uh, look at things as well. Safety is not the most important position, but I do think there's a distinction between something like a safety and a running back. So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, Kyle Hamilton, he's going to be a beast. And I think, uh, you know, for the Texans, just improving whatever way possible, best player possible. Uh, and you've got something possibly in Davis Mills, so why not give it a try again and, and run it back in 2022? That's kind of why I didn't think quarterback for the Texans and, and for the Lions. Obviously, they have Jared Goff. Don't think they need to rush into picking a quarterback, especially when Hutchinson's on the board there. Um, but that's my top three. Going to four, uh, the Jets select Edge Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon. He was mock going number one overall for a very long time before this draft season really heated up. There's been some character concerns. He skipped out on all the drills uh, at the combine. He only ran his 40, saying he wanted to do the rest at his pro day so he can do linebacker and defensive line drills. He could have just done that at the combine, but I don't really know. There was a lot of confusion. There's some confusing stuff going around. There's some people saying that he's selfish, not saying that I'm saying that. 
This is just what people are uh, reporting. To me, I don't really see the issue. Uh, some people have said he's a little bit lazy. Again, I you don't see that in his game film. It would really be you'd have to talk to him and you'd have to find out that way. Um, but I don't really see a problem. And I think the Jets will be able to overlook that for a top tier edge rusher. Probably the one with the highest upside in this class. Uh, and I really like Kayvon Thibodeau for them. And I think he really transforms their defense. And uh, we'll see what they do at pick 10 later in this draft which I think they may be able to bolster it as well. My favorite team, the New York Giants, get offensive tackle Ikem Aquanu uh, out of uh, NC State. Giants need a tackle. They need to ta- uh, tackle desperately. They need offensive line help desperately. Aquanu's there. He can play tackle. I think he may translate into a guard better at the NFL, but who knows? I think he'll be a very good tackle as well. I think Aquanu, he fills every need the Giants could possibly need uh, have. They need a tackle. They could possibly need guard help. Aquanu helps with all of that. Uh, Ikem Aquanu to the Giants just seems like a slam dunk pick. Number six, the Carolina Panthers select Malik Willis out of Liberty. He had a good combine, uh, especially in the uh, in the drills part of it. He didn't want uh, run the forty. We'll see how he does that on his pro day. But Malik Willis, I think he's at this point pretty sure to be the first quarterback off the board in the in this Panthers system. I think he fits nicely. Uh, they've got some weapons. They got Christian McCaffrey and that Christian McCaffrey, Malik Willis, uh, you know, whether it be um, read option type of stuff between those two, you know, there's some exciting things there you can see at the Panthers. They already have a pretty solid defense. It would be about now if you draft Malik Willis at six, fixing that offensive line throughout the rest of the draft. And that's something you definitely have to take a look at, but I have them doing, uh, taking Malik Willis here. Number six, overall giants back on the clock here at number seven, they select cornerback, uh, Ahmad sauce Gardner sauce Gardner, uh, out of Cincinnati. He ran a four, four, one at the combine. Many thought he was going to run it maybe in the high four fives, low four sixes. He ran a 4-4-1. He's tall, long corner, humongous, you know, wingspan. He ran a 4-4-1. A lot of people didn't think he was going to be that quick. A 4-4-1's perfectly quick, if not very quick. Um, and I think he has the potential to be a lockdown corner in this class. I have him as my number one corner in this class. I really like Sauce Gardner. Uh, and I think with the eventuality that uh, James Bradbury is either going to be cut, traded, whatever it may be. Uh, I think the Giants are going to need a corner, and I think Sauce Gardner is the best in this class and a very good corner. I think he will translate to be a very good corner at the NFL level as well. Number eight overall, uh, the Falcons. I have them selecting edge George Karloftis out of Purdue. I really like this guy. Again, some athleticism concerns with him. He didn't run the 40, uh, which is kind of interesting at the combine, but you look at his production at Purdue, I really like George Karloftis. He's my number three edge in the class. Um, and, and I think he just has such a high motor and, and he's good in the run game. He can, you know, he can power rush. He can, you know, speed rush. He's got it kind of all tech, tech, technical abilities. He has it. He really just has everything, just not the upside uh, that some of the other guys have in this class. But I think the Falcons look at him at number eight and they're like, you know, this guy, he works for us. Uh, and I think he's going to be solid for them. And he's more, I think he's probably the one of the most pro ready behind Hutchinson, uh, 
edge rushers in this class. Number nine, this is probably my favorite pick of the draft. Edge Trayvon Walker blew it up at the uh, at the Senior Bowl um, at the at the combine, and he ran four five. He was you know he put up a great three cone number. He looked excellent in the drills. He just kind of is a jack of all trades type of guy. He can play on the inside, play on the outside. He can drop back in coverage. He does everything. And that Broncos defense is already so good. Uh, and, you know, at this point, Malik Willis is off the board. You, you know, I don't think any of the quarterbacks really warrant this pick at number nine. You're hoping uh, you get a quarterback maybe, you know, in the offseason, in free agency, maybe trade for one. I think that would be your goal here. But Trayvon Walker, you know, Von Miller, there's been rumors he may come back. Imagine him, Trayvon Walker, Bradley Chubb. Uh, you know, you can move Trayvon Walker inside. All the flexibility in the world uh, with Trayvon Walker, and I think he's going to be a great player at the NFL level. I think he moves up here to nine at the Broncos. We haven't really seen him in the top 10 up until post-combine, so this is one of those big risers that I have here. And then next, number 10, like I said, the Jets need to improve their defense. They improve it once again. Number 10 overall. Cornerback Derek Stingley Jr. out of LSU had that amazing freshman season, best corner in the nation. Hasn't really, you know, struggled with injuries um, for the past couple seasons, but if you can get him to what he was in his freshman season, then you're looking at a damn good corner. Uh, and Derek Stingley Jr., I think he fits what the Jets want to do. Jets need to improve that defense. They double dip here. Uh, they get Kayvon Thibodeau, and then you get Derek Stingley. You are able to cover uh, the receivers, and you're able to rush the passer. I think this is a great draft so far for the New York Jets. Um, and that's what uh, that concludes our top 10. Next, uh, we have number 11 with the Washington football team. Another draft riser, uh, combine riser, QB Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati. He ran a 4-4 or 4-5. Uh, at the combine, he looked great in drills. I think he's going to be the second quarterback tra- uh, taken off the board. Many people had Kenny Pickett. I'm going to go Desmond Ritter here at 11. Washington's going to need a quarterback. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to get one in free agency or through trade. Uh, so we're going to have to see what happens there. If they are, obviously this would be negated. But uh, you know, excited to see what he does, and I think he might be pretty good at the next level. And I think Washington takes that risk on him at number 11. 12, uh, guard Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M. I think he's a top 10 talent. Just don't see him really fitting anywhere else besides possibly the Giants at seven. But then I don't think you're going to see the Giants double dip at offensive line. So I do think he probably falls out of the top 10. And, you know, this Viking spot is pretty good. Uh, You still have Kirk Cousins. You know, we'll see what happens with him. But protecting him on the interior, you can play four spots on the offensive line. He could, you know, go out to tackle if you really needed him. And Kenyon Green, I think he's a great player for sure. Probably, you know, a top four, top three, maybe borderline offensive lineman in this class. So a good value there for the Vikings at 12. 13, uh, we have wide receiver Drake London out of USC. He's a huge wide receiver, big threat. uh, And you're going to need, you know, that receiving core has been broken apart time and time again. Jarvis Landry is getting older. Uh, you really need a receiver, no matter who, what you do at quarterback. This is another possible quarterback destination, but I don't think so. I think they rock with Baker for another year at least. Uh, Drake London out of USC, 13 to the Browns. 14, this is probably my favorite pick of the draft. 
Like I said before, I love Charles Cross. I think he's the best tackle in this class, but he falls to 14 in this mock. I think, you know, I said this is what I think is going to happen, not what I would do. Uh, and I think Charles Cross falls to 14, and this is excellent value for the Ravens uh, in the mid, uh, mid middle of the first round. You get a tackle. They've struggled a bit with offensive line as of late. Uh, they lost Orlando Brown. I think this really works out well uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. And I think, you know, I think this just this solidifies their offensive line. You got Lamar Jackson. You need to protect them. And I think it's perfect fit for the Ravens. 15, I've got Edge David Ajabo out of Michigan. Uh, I think he's got some high upside. He's got great speed. Uh, he's not great in the run game. His hands, his with power, he's just not, he's not there yet. But he certainly has a ton of upside. And with three first round picks, I think the Eagles take a risk on him. 16, uh, I have them taking linebacker Nicobe Dean out of Georgia. I do think Dean's going to be the first one off the board. Lloyd did not have the most impressive combine, 4-7-40. A lot of people thought he was going to run much better than that. He did not. Uh, I think Nicobe Dean, out of that Georgia defense, he goes 16th overall to the Eagles, and they're really just improving that defense. They, you know, they're rushing the passer, covering Nicobe Dean can do it all. Uh, and I think this this <laughs> this Eagles draft is really, really good as we get further down the board. 17. Uh, I think Jordan Davis here, if Jordan Davis is there, they're taking him. Chargers are, were awful in run defense. And Jordan Davis, we saw him run that 4-7-8-40. My goodness, that man was rolling at 340 pounds. Uh, truly impressive. But I think he goes to the Chargers and he makes a big impact for that defense. Wherever he goes, I think he makes a Vita Vea type impact, uh, if not more. I think he's a very good player. You know, there's been jokes. Dave Gettleman, uh, if he was if he was still with the Giants, would be drafting him number five overall. I wouldn't be shocked. But I would say he's a sleeper to go top ten. Uh, wouldn't rule it out. You don't usually see nose tackles go that high, but Jordan Davis, something special. So maybe take a look out for that. Could go in the you know in the higher teens or even top ten. Eighteen uh, to the Saints. They need a wide receiver. Garrett Wilson, uh, he's my favorite wide receiver in this class out of Ohio State. Ran a 4-3-9-40, looked good in drills. You know, I think he's the perfect fit here for the Saints, along with Michael Thomas, who hopefully comes back this season. Eagles up again at 19. Uh, J, you know, Kelsey, this is your, your Kelsey replacement here. Tyler Linderbaum out of Iowa might be the best offensive lineman in this class, um, but obviously at the center position, less value. 19, think it's great value for the Eagles here. Um, and, and, you know, just keep building that offensive line, keep rebuilding it, I guess, in a sense. And, um, I think Tyler Linderbaum, it's a perfect pick there for the Eagles. Like I said before, this is probably, if I had to choose a team who had the best draft here, probably the Eagles or the Ravens next pick, um, at number 20, I got the Steelers taking Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh. I think he's solid. I think he's going to be an average NFL quarterback. I think, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, Daniel Jones is average, whatever. I think he's going to be, has a very similar career to Daniel Jones. Uh, I think he'll go number 20, but he will have better surrounding cast in Pittsburgh. So something to take a look at eight and a half inch hands. I know that was a big deal. Not as concerned as some people, but I, you know, I do understand the significance of that as well. 21, I had the Patriots selecting Devin Lloyd, they look at him. Bill Belichick doesn't look for speed. He looks for technically sound uh, players. And Devin Lloyd plays fast in game. And uh, I think they get a steal here with Devin Lloyd at 21. Patriots type of player written all over it. 
Uh, and I think Bill Belichick doesn't hesitate when he is on the clock there. 22, Raiders. I have them selecting one of my favorite players in this class, cornerback Roger McCreary out of Auburn. Hopefully they don't ruin him. Their streak with first round picks is not great recently. Um, but let's, you know, let's hope everything goes well with him. Uh, I think he will because, he, you know, just from things I've heard from him, interviews I've watched, you know, he comes off as a really genuine person. Uh, I think he'll be okay in the, the Vegas spotlight. But an, a, a, again, a great corner, great man corner. Uh, and the Raiders certainly need that. They really have a very poor secondary at the moment. 23. Cardinals guard Zion Johnson, Boston College, a guy who is probably projected to go early second round after the senior bowl, after the combine, think he rises up into late first and the Cardinals, they need to protect Kyler Murray. It's been all sorts of controversy about that, but you still need to protect them no matter what happens. So Zion Johnson, I think he, you know, a plug and play player there at guard for the Cardinals. 24 Cowboys. This is probably one of my favorite, you know, sleepers in this draft defensive tackle Devante Wyatt out of Georgia kind of really do it all. Uh, You know, he can rush the passer. He can stuff the run. Uh, I think Devontae White is a very, very good player. I don't think, you know, I don't think he has superstar potential, but I think he's going to be a solid player in this league for a very long time. And at 24, I think that's a perfect value for the Cowboys there. And they need some defensive line help, especially with whatever's going on with Demarcus Lawrence. 25, Bills. Uh, I have them selecting wide receiver Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. Could have seen him go higher. This is kind of one of my fallers. He had a 4-5-5, 40-yard um, dash. I don't think the speed's that big of a deal. I don't think his 40 times that big of a deal. But uh, I think at the Bills there, you pair him with Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs, a silky route runner with Traylon Burks, this big, huge physical receiver. I think you're having a lot of fun there with Josh Allen. And you obviously have Gabriel Davis as well. So that trio is pretty cool, uh, considering that Cole Beasley, it looks like, will be on his way out. 26, I had the Titans uh, selecting edge Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State. I think this is another great value pick here. I don't think he has some of the upside of some of the other edge rushers in this class. I think he probably is the lowest out of, you know, the ones we've talked about so far. Maybe Barkar Loftus, but uh, I like Jermaine Johnson. I think he's a solid uh, edge rusher. I, you know, there's some issues with his bend. I'm not sure if his bend is NFL level. We'll have to see. Um, but I don't really see him. I know some people are saying he's a top 10, top 15 pick. I think he's more of a top 20, top 25 pick, but uh, Titans get good value here with Jermaine Johnson. Buccaneers, uh, 27th, they select Trent McDuffie another uh, out of Washington, another high, uh, saw, a high thought of corner. Um, I think he's going to be solid, another good man corner, another guy who can really do it all. And this is a really strong corner class, so something to definitely take a look at. And not that many corners actually ended up winning, uh, going in this mock. So uh, there's going to be a lot of really good ones in the second round sitting as well. 28, I think the Packers break their streak. I think they, you know, they're all in on keeping Aaron Rodgers. Of course, as soon as you know this video ends up going out, Aaron Rodgers is probably going to be gone. And I'm going to look silly, but whatever. Uh, wide receiver Jameson Williams out of Alabama. And I think he goes number 28 to the Packers. He's another a nice one-two punch with Devontae Adams. Uh, obviously had that injury in the national championship. Hopefully he you know, gets better, but I, I don't really have any concerns uh, with that, you know, with the injury or anything like that. I think he turns out to be a very good receiver at the NFL level. 29, another pick I really like. Offensive tackle Trevor Penning um, out of Northern Iowa. There's been some concerns about what he, what his competition was like, but 
you know, let me tell you this at the senior bowl, he looked great at the combine. He looked great. And he just bullies people. So dolphins need O-line help desperately. You know, whoever their quarterback is, they need, they need uh, help desperately. It's probably going to be Tua. You're going to need a protector. I think Trevor Penning definitely does the job. Chiefs uh, wide receiver Chris Olave. I have them selecting him at number 30 out of Ohio State. We saw him. We initially thought he ran a 4-2-6. He ended up running a 4-3-9, but still very fast. Uh, another really good receiver, kind of hidden behind Garrett Wilson a bit, but uh, certainly a nice receiver to bring in. Uh, along with Tyreek Hill, obviously you have, and then you also have uh, Kelsey and just the Chiefs just keep piling on weapons uh, on weapons. 31, the Bengals, I have them going offensive tackle Bernard Raymond out of Central Michigan. They need O-line help. He's the best O-line on the board, and that's really as plain and simple as it is. 32, uh, in the final pick in this mock draft, I have the Lions selecting uh, cornerback Kair Elam out of Florida. Another guy I like. I think he probably could go higher, but it just seemed like this is a nice fit. The Lions need corner desperately. The Lions need a lot of things desperately. Um, but I think Elam, he's probably one of the better players available on this board. And uh, I think he's a solid pick for the Lions. And I think he's going to be a nice physical corner at the next level. That's the end of the first round mock draft. And I uh, hope everyone enjoyed. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.